Hi guys. Hi. Oh my gosh, it's been a while since we recorded. Yeah. Um you know, life life shit happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a whole lot going on, but you do in I'm, your life. I'm sorry that I, I'm a law student. I had some adventures. And uh you started a trader podcast. It's not a trader podcast. It's a it's a vegan podcast. It's a trader podcast. It's called Behind the Tofu. You can find us at BehindTheTofu.com. Hey, don't plug that on our <laughs> show. <laughs> Who do you uh, think you are? I am Ashley, and you can find me on Twitter at Generally Done. Oh, my name's Logan. I'm on Twitter at The Good Logan, and <laughs> you are listening to Cage Off, a Nicolas Cage podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to finally answering the question, what is the best Nicolas Cage film. And what is the best Nicolas Cage film? You can let us know on Twitter at Cage Off Podcast. Uh, you can also email us at cageoffpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Today and, we're talking about Mandy. And, and, oh. Oh, yeah. Well, today we're talking Mandy and Teen Titans Go to the movies. We are recording this on Halloween. Ooh. Very spooky. And breaking news this morning, on a sadder note, uh, Sir Sean Connery passed away today. Yeah, um, we actually just talked about him a couple weeks ago. So yeah, The Rock, um, John Mason, sad. John Mason himself. I mean, he was ninety. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that he died, but you know. Yeah. He had well, a, a. He seemed to have a f a good full life. 2020 definitely has taken away a lot of actors, though. Freaking hell year, am I right? <laughs> oh, wow. It's a really spooky day. Um, uh, right now, uh, if you if you hear any dog sounds in the background... Yeah, we're, um, we usually record at my apartment, but we are recording at Ashley's house today. We are in her very spooky basement, and there's... Uh, there's spider webs. There's yeah, I have I have a uh, spiders. Jack o' lanterns. Woo! I'm scared. <laughs> and there's uh, Ashley's dog is sitting next, laying next to her. Beautiful dog. She's staring at me right now. Yeah, she's also a huge Nicolas Cage uh, fan. She told me herself, she's huge Nicolas Cage fan. What's her favorite film? think on it I'm trying to think of anything that's got like a dog title i don't think that there are any movies dog related i think you know those movies where like someone will turn into an animal to like learn a lesson about like family or whatever mm -hmm. nick cage needs to get himself in one of those <laughs> i feel like i think that'd be great like uh the shaggy dog you know that movie yeah 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 said tim allen it's nick cage I think it would be a really good movie. And, um, and he wouldn't actually be like, it wouldn't be like a CGI dog or like a real dog that they just put like voiceover. It would be Nick Cage the human, just like on all fours. Dressed as a dog. I mean, that's optional. He can just be acting like a dog. I and just I think decided that Max's favorite movie is Birdie and because she wants to chase all the birds in the movie. Good. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. Birdie, y'all. I mean, we talked about it, but it's a good movie. Don't sleep on Birdie. No, seriously, you need to watch it. It's really, really good. I've recommended it to all my friends. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. 
Um, but, but that's, that's not, not what we're talking about that's today. That's not what we're here for today. So um, the first movie we're going to talk about today is Mandy. Mandy is a 2018 Panos Cosmatos film um, with Nicolas Cage and Linus Roche and a few other people. Andrea Rice? Rice, Rice Borough. That's yeah. a, she plays Mandy. Um, so it's uh, the IMD premise of Mandy is the enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchmen propelling a man into spiraling surreal rampage of vengeance. And so essentially what this is is like an acid fever dream. Um, this entire movie is like an acid fever dream. And I believe it was all filmed on it was all filmed on film right no um i thought i saw something that said that it was it was filmed using the ari alexa which is a digital film camera okay um so it's it's um digitally shot but it has like film grain added as like an effect Mm -hmm. um there's a good essay by the nerd writer where he talks about film grain and the effect it has um and like how it's used in mandy so i think that um that feel to this movie is really cool i love the colors in this movie yes um the colors in this movie are really bright and if you have epilepsy don't watch it there should be a warning at the beginning of it uh because it's just a bunch of bright flashing lights but it's really it's very visually stunning and it's probably the most visually stunning (sighs) movie we've watched since we've filmed this uh since we've watched this uh all the Nicolas cage movies I would say. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have the flashing lights a ton. It's a few moments. We also watched it in a very dark room, so which doesn't mm-hmm. help. Um, I guess we could kind of just talk about our favorite parts of this movie. Um, yes. So I just want to go ahead and talk for a second about how I want to live in a cabin in the woods the way that these this couple does. I mean, the, the wife's an artist. He's a logger. He goes and does manly things all day. Yeah, the very opening of the movie is him like... Felling, felling trees. Yeah, it's really hot. Nicolas Cage in like a flannel shirt, felling trees. He's a. This movie is set in 1983. As he's driving back, you you hear Ronald Reagan on the, on the radio. Um, Nick Cage plays Red Miller. I don't think they ever Mm -hmm. say his name, in the movie. No, I don't think they do. Um, I mean, like really, I don't think it matters. Obviously, his 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 uh girlfriend's name or his wife's name is mandy the titular mandy yeah so i feel like this movie really has two parts like it feels like it kind of separates in the middle it's like the first half the first half of the movie because they don't show that the mandy credit like until after the movie's been going on for like an hour and a half yeah no um the movie is like split it has like the kind of title cards and there's like two kind of in the first the movie's two hours long and it's basically split directly um at the i mean it's not a spoiler to say that mandy dies it's basically the 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 point of the plot is that she gets killed and he go gets revenge she dies almost exactly an hour into the movie yeah Um, so what what it basically is is like the first half is all focused on mandy and her um and her journey into this like into this cult and then the second part of the movie is Nicolas Cage going to go get seek revenge yeah. for her death. Which, whenever I was told this was a revenge thriller, I 
rolled my eyes so hard I almost died because I was like, oh my God, we see so many Nicolas Cage revenge th- thrillers. I mean, like we've already l- at least watched two since we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, that's it's a lot of what he does. This is um, this is the movie that really like, I mean, I feel like this is the movie that really has sparked the recent like, uh, what's the word like, reinterest? Yeah, in, in Nick Cage, I agree with that. This because is the first good movie he's rem- made in a long time. I remember. Well, he's made decent, like pretty good movies. They just haven't gotten attention mm-hmm. necessarily, even if they're pretty good. Um, like mom and dad came out the year before this movie came out. Um, and I would say that's pretty, that's a good Nick Cage movie, but this was the movie where like, I remember at the time I didn't see until like, I didn't see until like earlier this year for Mm -hmm. the first time, but I remember when it came out, like I saw people talking about it and I saw the trailer and I was like, Oh, this looks like, this looks cool. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people also, I will say like after this color of space came out after this, right? That came out last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that people are also talking about color out of space. I've at least seen 10 people like in my personal life be like, you need to see color out of space. And there was just like a short, there's a movie coming out either this year or next year called Wally's Wonderland. Or it's, it's another like kind of horror movie. They released like a fifth, like yesterday they released like a 15 second, like, trailer a trailer for the trailer Mm -hmm. and it looks kind of similar to mandy and like it's using kind of saturated like reds and purple color scheme and well so is colored space i think that's probably the new nicholas cage era is this like weird this weird neon drenched neon drenched horror like yeah nostalgia film but there's a part in that little short clip of that new movie where he's like swinging an axe and he's like like kind of like he does in this movie so this is kind of the mode it feels like he's in right now. Um, probably, I mean, I would guarantee due to this movie's like success as far as, you know. It's Willy's Wonderland. I think it's Wally's in some areas. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the movie that's coming out this year that I keep on getting sent to me, like 10 people have sent this to me, is that Jiu-Jitsu movie? Yeah, I, saw the, I watched the trailer for that. It looks kind of like dumb, dumb fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That might turn out okay. It seems kind of schlocky, but that could be good. Yeah, but um, it's already gotten a, a lot of attention, whereas a lot of his other movies hadn't really gotten a lot of attention. Yeah, there's definitely more like eyes are on what he's doing now. Yeah. I would say due to this movie. Yeah. Um, I, this is a really good movie, but I honestly, I couldn't get myself into this movie. As much as I thought I realized that it was a good movie, I couldn't, I couldn't get myself into it. It's, yeah, it's... The first hour, especially, if you don't know that that's what what the movie's doing as far as taking its time in the first hour to like get you invested into Mandy and Mandy and Red's relationship, it's and like introduce you to the cult, the cult. It's a lot of table setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've seen this movie twice now. Um, I liked it the first time, but like I liked the first hour more watching it again this mm-hmm. time so i feel like that it's really kind of a, a gr- like it takes its time to get to the part that like if you watch the trailer for this movie it's heavily showing all the stuff from the second half where it's like so you'll get the you'll you get that impression that that's what the movie is going to be um when that's not it takes its time to get there it eventually does go full full crazy but it just takes its time. 
Um, um, so essentially, there's a couple who lives in the woods. Yes. And they have this perfect fairy tale life. And he's like, we should get out of this place, you know, whatever. And she's like, no, we, let, we have a great life here. And then she, does he want to get out of there? Yeah, at this beginning he's like he's like we should we need to get out of here. Like he was like we need to like move out of here. Like they had talked mm. about it at the beginning. They live on a, in, a, in a cabin on a crystal lake, which is a reference to Friday the Thirteenth. Um. So they, she gets like seen. She's on her she's on her walk to work, and she gets like seen by this van of people. Yeah, the. Jeremiah Sands, played by Linus Roche, is the cult leader. He sees her on the side of the road. This whole scene is just bathed in red. Um, and just the music's like, the well, lot, there's movie. lots of that. The entire movie is just them. Like, <laughs> sounds like they're like dragging their anytime the chalkboard. Anytime we watch a movie and there is a sound design or musical choice that you find distasteful. You make a point to point it out to me many times. We were watching The Lighthouse. We were watching The Lighthouse the other night. And I was like... Immediately, with a very... Like, after there's, like, a foghorn sound that's recurring, after it does it, like, twice, you're like, does it do this the whole movie? I was just, like, so annoyed. And I I guess that was part of the film, though, was that... That's, like, yeah, it's a choice. Like, you you constantly have to hear this foghorn... And it's slowly driving you crazy. And the movie was driving me crazy with the fucking sh- foghorn. Anyway. Um, yeah, so she gets seen by Jeremiah Sands. And he's like, I gotta have her. Yes. He's like, there's a, his like main henchman guy is like this bald guy who's really creepy. Mm-hmm. And he goes and talks to Jeremiah Sands, calls him in, and he's like, get me that girl that I saw today on the road. And he's like, yes, sir. She's like, and then there's this device called the horn of Abraxas mm-hmm. that like, it's just this weird horn. And it calls, <laughs> it like, calls these demonic LSD addled biker gang. Yeah. Um, Which apparently they took some like really, really bad LSD yeah. and then they became monsters. They're, they're portrayed as like Hellraiser demons, but like, the movie makes it clear that like they're there's nothing like supernatural about them. They're just like weird dudes who had took bad LSD and are now fucked up for life. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, they summon those guys. They come up riding up on these four wheelers, and then they decide to go steal Mandy. Yeah, um, I do want to go back slightly to because we've skipped over a lot of the stuff with them just like kind of hanging out in the house mm-hmm. and it's i think a lot of that stuff is kind of important because there there's a scene where she tells him the story about uh her father and like the little starlings which i guess are like birds she tells a story about how like he got a bag of them and then like he made all the other kids like bash them to death do you remember this Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's been a minute since we watched both these movies because we were bad at planning this. <laughs> we, we watch movies intending to record soon, then we don't record for, like, weeks. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so there's that scene, um, and then there's a scene where they're talking about what their favorite planets are, and I just... I mean, Nick Cage gets a lot of credit in this movie for, like, just the crazy shit he does, 
But I think he's also really good in just these scenes where he's just kind of sweet and like you get the sense that like they have like a real relationship. And Mandy, I mean, they don't really explore it deeply, but like you get the sense she's had a really hard life. She has like a scar on her face. Yeah, she has um, two different colored eyes. Yeah, so you get a sense that she's had kind of a rough life and she has this and she's managed to kind of have this nice little existence with Nick Cage in, in their cabin in the woods. And she works at like some just convenience store mm-hmm. and like reads her like fantasy novels. Um, and she's like an artist. Um, and yeah, there's lots of inspiration from like heavy metal, like artwork and fantasy mm-hmm. stuff. Well, that's what I was, that's what they, whenever he, uh, we watched the interview with Cosmatos and he was like, this is a, kind of a play on an old versus new and so you have like the 70s like cult uh indie music people which we'll talk about indie music later and then you have the fantasy alt rock i guess or just like classic rock heavy metal heavy metal people you know who draw sexual fantasy art and read novels that you know what i'm saying so like he's trying to show like the difference between the eighties and the the sixties and seventies. Yeah, that's interesting. But you see the difference when you watch like them side by side. Like that's what you know. This is supposed to be about. Yeah. So the the demon bikers. I keep saying they're demons, but they're not. But that's just the best description of them. Um, they might as well be like just demons. But the demonic bikers descend onto the cabin. Kidnap, kidnap Mandy. Was was it Nicholas Cage like not there at the time or something? No, they're 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 asleep. Uh, they're asleep in bed. Oh yeah. And they um, do they like they knock him out and tie him up outside? I mm-hmm. think. And then they take Mandy. They force her to like take this like hallucinogen that's like in like the stinger of like a wasp that they have in like a jar and they like pull it out and it's like goes into her neck. Um, and then they bring her before Jeremiah Sands and there's this crazy, like scenes all purple and blue. Mm-hmm. And there's this like stroby effect or this like after image effect on all the movements. And it's him kind of explaining his whole deal, which is basically he was, in a band mm-hmm. he was like a singer in a band and he really wanted to be like famous and get a record deal and he got rejected by the music industry and so he decided and then he was like then god came to me and said jeremiah you're the most important person in the universe this isn't this isn't what he, like, i'm paraphrasing but that's basically his his deal is like he he he's just an egomaniac essentially. Yeah. And like because he he just wants attention and love and adoration. Mm-hmm. Um which I guess is a good psychology for like a cult leader. Um One thing we should mention is uh originally uh she's snoring. <laughs> I could I could I heard it on the mic. <laughs> it was really loud. Um Sorry for the snoring of my dog. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's uh adds some flavor to the to the podcast. 
(laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but uh, Panos Cosmatos has said that he originally wanted uh, Nick Cage to play Jeremiah. Um, I couldn't see that. No, I mean, Nick Cage has told this story a, a bunch, but like he was filming Army of One at the time. Um, and he had the long hair and beard. So I guess that makes more sense. He looks really good in Army of One. It's a, uh, well, he doesn't look good. He looks. He looks good. He looks like Father Time, but he looks good. He's a good looking old man in the movie. Okay. I already said that whenever we did the Army of One episode. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I wouldn't want to kiss him, though. He looks really strange when he's kissing. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh God, I sounded gross. Anyway, um, so uh so he plays her one of her <laughs> he plays her one of his like so- his folk songs <laughs> yeah it's like it's just like i think he says something about it's like it's like the carpenters meets something else and he plays it and he's like and she's like this is she's like you know fucked up at this point she's like this is you and then she starts laughing no no she doesn't start laughing yet like there's all oh there's also that really cool f- effect where like it's just a close-up on jeremiah sands mm-hmm. face and then like slowly morphs in and out mm-hmm. of like putting mandy's face onto his face yeah. as he's talking it's really it's really weird yeah and, and it's really cool good looking. really weird um but then he like he's wearing this like robe this like silk robe or whatever and then he's like playing his music and he's like he throws his robe off and he's fully naked and he's like worship me join join me and then she just starts laughing at him. And like it just gets more and more hysterical laughter. Um, and then he's like, Shut up! Shut up! And he's like, I think a couple of the other cult members start laughing too. And then he's like really pissed off about mm-hmm. that. Um and then it's at this point that they go back to the house. They go back to the house. The cabin. Nick Cage is like tied up with like barbed wire like in his mouth and around his on his wrists mm-hmm. he's tied to like some post outside of the cabin mm-hmm. um and then uh jeremiah goes to him and is like he's like what, what does he say he's like and he's just taunting him basically mm-hmm. and he stabs um, him and oh yeah he stabs him with with like a big knife and then he there's this other girl in the cult it's like blonde girl and he's like, I'm gonna show you what love is. And then she he like puts a bullet in like a gun and like spins the the cylinder and mm-hmm. is like, Show him how much you love me. Nick Cage is like freaking out. He's like, No Or he's like trying to because he has shit in his mouth. Um and like she pulls the trigger and it just clicks. And then he's like, Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what love is. You think you're in love? I'm gonna show you love. And then, <laughs> anyway, <it's, laughs> and then they bring Mandy out. Mm-hmm. She's in a bag. Mm-hmm. They like string her up on this thing they build. They've built this like I don't know. I don't know how to even describe what this. Anyway, thing is. they burn her. They set her on fire. Um, and and he watches. He watches, and it's very, it's very, it's very sad. He, this is great. It's great physical acting from. He looks like he's in visceral pain. Like not he wasn't he. It was worse than when he got stabbed. It was worse than being tied up to the post. Watching Bernie die, he just starts screaming like these like crazy screams after they leave. 
Um, and he's just like, yeah. Uh, and then it, it, like it lingers on him just for a long time as they're like the cult just like leaves, and then he like frees himself from his from the barbed wire. Mm-hmm. And he crawls over to like the pile of ash, and like it's still like the part of it's still in the shape of her like head, and like he like the wind blows it away, and he, it's like. I love this part of the movie just because, like, it looks gorgeous. It's, like, obviously very upsetting. But, like, Nick Cage's face um, as he's just, like, every his whole life is just, like. Flowing away with the wind. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very sad. And then he goes back inside. I love this little detail. And the, they were watching TV. The TV was, like, still on when the, when the, when the biker guys came and got them and like there's this this, uh he walks he's wearing his tiger t-shirt and he's wearing tidy Mm whities and he just like walks in despondent because his you know fucking wife has just been murdered um and on tv there's this commercial for cheddar goblin which is like a macaroni and like a fictional macaroni and, and cheese brand it's just this disgusting little goblin that like vomits macaroni and cheese. And I love that detail because like, I don't know, it feels like really, the commercial is obviously absurd, but like it feels like if something horrible happened in your house or like to you at your house Mm -hmm. and you just had like the TV on and like you just like came back inside, like the TV would still be on and whatever dumb shit was on the TV would just be there and he just stands there looking at it. He's like, cheddar goblin. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I don't know i just really love that little detail um and he like goes to sleep he goes to sleep and then he like kind of wakes up and then goes into the bathroom chugs an entire bottle of vodka yeah um <laughs> the scene all oh, the scenes this is really this is when the shift happens in the movie to like the revenge mode um because after he wakes up again that's i think when he makes the decision the the decision like that what that's what he's going to do um and it's just this ultra wide angle in this bathroom so like you see the whole bathroom and he's like just kind of small in the the back of the shot and he's like he's just psyching himself up he's like starts screaming and he's just chugging vodka and the scene i i, I really love this scene too it, like it starts you know kind of funny because he's just like screaming so long but then he like sits on the toilet and then he starts kind of like just crying and it becomes like sad um yeah i don't know there's this whole sadness running through this whole movie that i don't know it it affects me in a weird way um well it's intense grief yeah for sure um and so he (laughs) goes to his shed and forges no no he goes first he goes to um his friend who just lives in like a trailer park mm-hmm. um or just a tra- it's not even a park it's just like this like one trailer in the woods um this, this dude is from predator i forget his name but um he just lives in this trailer and like nick cage hasn't said a lot in the movie up until now and he's just kind of quiet and then like at this part like he he goes there to get retrieve his crossbow from this dude. Um he's like, I'm going hunting. And he's like 
he's explaining to this guy what happened to Mandy. Yeah. He's like, these Jesus freaks. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy evil. I got and he's like, I'm going to go hunt them down. Mm-hmm. And then that's this guy gives him the backstory of like the bikers in the acid and the... they took some bad LSD and they like have never been the same. Yeah. And also talks about how there's a there's a, the scientist who makes the LSD yeah, and the chemist, the chemist. And then. Basically, just gives him like basically the, the the way to get there, essentially. Yeah. So he takes his crossbow. Mm-hmm. Then he goes he goes somewhere. I guess it's the shed at the house. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter. And he forges this this crazy axe. Yeah. Um. Which apparently, apparently, I I heard this. I was doing research the other day on this, but apparently he had to like. I can't. I don't. I don't have it in front of me. But he had to like uh, learn how to how to forge for this film. Really? One second, let me find it. I can't find it, but I was reading something there the other day, um, because there's this really bad joke about Nicolas Cage on the Great British Bake Off, um, about how the caged tart was created by Nicolas Cage, which is not true. So they just lied, and then they made a joke about about his favorite TV show being this like forging fire TV show, whatever. And then I like looked into it, and apparently he had like consulted um, with a blacksmith or something for this movie to learn how to forge, or maybe he watched a lot of forging fire. I can't remember, but there was something that an article I read about Nicolas Cage having to, you know wanting to learn how to forge to so that he could do this scene. But obviously he didn't actually forge the battle axe, but he had to like fake forge it. No, I think he actually forged it. That's what I'm choosing to believe. So he forges this axe. Yeah, this beautiful um, battle axe. Beautiful like chrome chrome looking axe. Um there's fucking heavy metal guitar in the background as he does this. It's awesome. Um, it's freaking awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then you get the. I think this is the point where you get the actual like title card, Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're officially in revenge mode. Um, and I mean, from there, the plot is basically he just kills everyone. I guess we can just talk about what our favorite moments are from this section. Uh, um, favorite moment number one. Yeah, he is in the hideout with the demon guys. Yeah, he gets captured again. He gets captured a second time after he like kills one of them, mm-hmm. and he wrecks his his truck crashes in like spe- spectacular fashion. Um, then he gets captured again. But yeah, go ahead. He's in this house with these demon people, and he escapes his capture. His captor. He has a nail in his hand, and he like has to like rip it off. Anyway, the best part is one of them ripped his shirt. Yeah, there's a guy, he, like, the guy who's, like, watching, who's, like, guarding him, like, he knocks him down this, like, shaft that looks like a bottomless shaft, but he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, before he throws him down the shaft, he, like, rips his shirt, and he's like, this is my favorite shirt, and then he, like, falls down the the, the, the hole. Yeah. Then later on, this guy comes back, and then he, uh, you can go ahead. Oh, you can say it. Oh, well, as he's fighting him, he's like, Screaming at him about how he ripped his shirt. Well, the shirt, my shirt. The shirt was the shirt that 
like was a shirt that Mandy it was the same shirt Mandy was wearing whenever she went to the cult people, I think, right? Or maybe it was no, the shirt no she way. was wearing whenever she met him or something. There was like Dude, a she's he's so much bigger than her. How could it be her shirt? No, it was a shirt she was wearing at some point because she was wearing his shirt, that shirt, at some point in the movie. Oh no, he's wearing that like baseball shirt. Yeah, the, but she had worn it at some point in the movie. She had. I don't remember that, but okay. Yeah. Um, there's also one of the biker guys has like a, a knife dick mm-hmm. that you see. Um, he kills that guy. It, this is like a big guy. And it doesn't matter. All and all that matters is no. That it he... does matter. It's really cool. He like slits his throat and blood goes all over his face. It's really. By the awesome. way, these demon guys get paid in this like LSD sludge. Yeah, and Nick Cage drinks some of it. Yeah. But before he does that, he takes a piece of broken glass and just snorts a shit ton of coke off it. Was also, which was also cool. So he does a bunch of coke and then <laughs> drinks LSD sludge. And then it goes like and crazy, eyes, crazy like, shit starts happening. His pupils get the size of his uh, irises. Like he no longer has irises. There's fully pupils. like surreal imagery starts happening. Like mm-hmm. you see his skull like melt, like the flesh melt off his skull. And then he yeah. like it pulls back and he's like. Whoa! Yeah. And, and like, now he's ready to go after the chemist. So the, the next favorite part is when he's walking. Um. I don't remember what what part this is, but he's walking into the church. This is like the end, yeah. Oh, I guess you wanna. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he he did he fights the dude by the burning car mm-hmm. with with the axe. Well, he goes to the chemist first. No, no, oh. that's after that's after this. So he 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 does battle with one of the demon guys. He shoots him through like the neck with his crossbow, and the guy just pulls it out from the front of his neck. He like he shoots it into the back of his neck. No, he kills the two. Of, he he kills two of them in the house. Put talking to the mic. He he kills two of them in the house. There's the knife dick guy. Yeah. And then there's the guy who ripped his shirt. Yeah. And then after that, he goes. And he, there's a guy standing by like a burning car. And then he fights him with his axe. He cuts his head off. And he mm-hmm. lights a cigarette off his, on fire severed head. I love that. And then he goes to the chemist. I love lighting cigarettes on dead bodies. That's my favorite part of Heather's. Does that happen in Heather's? The very end of the movie, uh, he blows up and she has a cigarette in her mouth and it burns all the way to the bud. Oh. And that's when she's she's just standing there, like as he blows up. He he says to her, Christian Slinger. Now that you now that you're dead, what are you gonna do with the rest of your life? Or something like that. Like I don't remember much about that movie. What are you gonna do with your life now that you're dead? Is what he says. Yeah. You love Heather's though. It's my favorite. I've movie. seen it once with you. It's my favorite movie. Anyway, so I love I love the aesthetic of uh, lighting a cigarette on the dead body. Yeah. Um. And th- and then the, this this um, and this guy he fights is like taunting him too as they're as they're fighting. He's like, she's still burning. And he like has like a demon voice. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Cage shows him what for, um, cuts his head off. And, so and then he goes to the chemist. He goes to the chemist, and the chemist is like, "Yo, what, dude? Like, calm down, bro." He's like, "Oh shit, man, they did some bad shit to you." He says, "You exude a cosmic darkness." <laughs> and <laughs> I do, do. Do I exude a cosmic darkness? Yes. <laughs> there's a tiger. It. I knew I did. There's a fucking tiger who. There's he, a tiger <laughs> who tests his LSD on apparently. And then the tiger just like he lets the tiger out and it just walks past him. Then there's this really kind of goofy shot where like it looks just like a 
the cheapest green screen imaginable where the tiger's like roaring against like the moon <laughs> it's very silly but like it's just I'm just like just into it at this point that doesn't even matter I just love um, the fact that there's just a random fucking tiger like harks back to him wearing the tiger on his shirt whenever Mandy yeah. died blah 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 imagery imagery there's a whole symbolism. lot going on yeah. So you know all that shit. He goes and he finds the cult people. Yeah, the chemist tells him where to go. So and he, he goes drives and off on them. a like an ATV. Uh, he takes yeah he takes one of the bikers like ATVs. Mm-hmm. Um, Who the fuck calls it an ATV? It's four wheeler. ATV four wheeler whatever. It's the same thing. Uh, whatever. Get off my case. Like one of those people who call it a quad. Weird. Uh, except I didn't call it a quad. I called it an ATV. Anyway, so, so I've just proved you wrong using your own logic. Anyway, so these people, um, yeah. he essentially he lets the the younger girl who had tried who had almost shot herself, lets her go free. Yeah, he yeah he tracks down like the right hand man, the bald dude, and like brutally fucking kills him, which is awesome. He mm-hmm. like shoves the back end of the axe down his throat. Yeah, and he's like. <laughs> But the girl, the younger girl saw that and he was just like, run, like go. Well, he doesn't even say anything. He's just like. He doesn't kill her. Yeah. They just like have a silent moment of like, you're cool. Like acknowledgement that like, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. Um, And then he goes and finds they're like, they're in like a quarry or something. Yeah. Or, like, it's like a weird like. It's a, isn't it a church that's like backed into a quarry? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Super strange. And then. It's like if you look at if you like see this film or if you don't want to see it, you can look at a picture of it. But it's this white like um, just imagine an old timey like church, not like one from nowadays, but like a white church with like made of of wood backed into this like giant wall, like rock wall, canyon wall. Imagine that. And it's like. It's at the corner, like the intersection of these walls, and like he walks into it, and it's super, super cool. Um, and then eventually they end up in this weird. I don't know exactly how it happens. I know he kills the old lady, but he ends up getting into this weird quarry thing, like this weird like waterfall, ethereal rock area. Yeah. Well, he um before he actually enters the church. Yeah. Uh. He. He gets a chainsaw. Um, oh, yeah. He has this weird chainsaw battle with well, this guy with a longer chainsaw. First, there's a guy just kind of chilling by this guy you see earlier who's like with the bald guy when they meet the bikers. He throws his axe into his head <laughs> from like a good distance away. He just like fucking throws the thing and kills that guy. Then he picks up a chainsaw and he like is approaching this other dude, this other cult member. Um, he's like trying to start up his chainsaw and it won't start and the guy sees him and is like he pulls out a bigger chainsaw a larger chainsaw longer three times as long as his um and i mean they have a chainsaw fight a chainsaw duel i don't know what i need to say to get you to watch this movie other than there's a fucking chainsaw duel two words chainsaw duel and he eventually, he makes the guy fall on his own chainsaw. That's how he kills him. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he like, he like throws a chain around him or something, like pulls him down on the his chainsaw. Yeah, I don't know. He's then, a logger. He knows how to fell some trees. Yeah, he's, 
these cult members don't know what they're getting into with this guy. <gasps> he knows how to do this shit. Exactly. Okay. So he goes into the church, ends up going into this quarry thing, and then has this like weird moment with Jeremiah where Jeremiah's like Yeah, first well first he uh encounters kind of the lead like woman in the cult. Mm-hmm. This older woman who like offers to like have sex with him to like spare her life. Um he's like she's like I've been it's been said I'm the best lover anyone's ever had. Um and then he goes and finds Jeremiah and like throws her head at him mm-hmm. to like like I fucking killed her. Um, cause she's the one who like, um, she's really nasty. She's the one who like gave, gave his man the drug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's a, she's a baddie. Um, unlike that other lady who didn't really do anything wrong. Um, and he has a final confrontation with Jeremiah where Jeremiah's first like talking big game about how he's a God or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he, once he realizes that he's going to get killed, he starts, like, begging for his life. He's like, I'll suck your dick, man. I'll <laughs> suck your dick if you don't kill me, man. And then, uh, do you want the honors of the Nick Cage's uh, final line to him? No, you can do it. You love this movie. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And he's, okay, Nick Cage is squeezing his head. He's just squeezing his, his freaking melon. Harder and harder. His eyes start bugging out of his head. And he's like, I'm your god now. And he has like a they put some effect on his voice where it's like really deep and like distorted. He says, I'm your god now, and then like squeezes his head open. And it looks cool. And then doesn't the church like explode behind him as he walks away? He sets it on fire. He doesn't it just okay. it doesn't just like explode spontaneously. Yeah, so it just um, he sets it on fire and then burns. Yeah, and then he um he goes goes into the the car that was there that um and he kind of he's like he's fully covered in like blood and he has the crazy eyes. He looks over into the passenger seat and he sees he sees Mandy. Um and then you kind of go into this like I think what's meant to be a flashback to like when they first met at like some party. Yeah. Um where like she's bathed in like green and like purple lights. Um, they're just kind of looking at each other and like she smiles at him and I don't know I find this ending it's obviously kind of nuts because Nick Cage's face is crazy and it's like all the shit that's happened has been crazy but like I find this ending like really moving mm-hmm. for some reason like we've gone through all the stages of grief throughout the I know film. and it's like she <laughs> she will like always you know be with him yeah there in the passenger seat and I find that kind of like moving mm-hmm um, but yeah, so he he drives off, and then like the sky is like all surreal, like fantasy esque, mm-hmm. like swirling purple and red, and he drives off, and uh, you know, that's uh, that's Mandy. That's a good, um, good film. Yeah, go watch it. It's very. It's on. Uh, if you want to stream it, it's on Shutter. Okay, so Mandy is a uh, has a six point five out of ten on IMDb. It has an eighty one Metascore and has a ninety one percent Tomato Meter and a sixty sixty six percent audience score. What's the critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes say? 
The critical consensus says that Mandy's gonzo violence is fueled by a gripping performance by Nicolas Cage and anchored by the palpable emotion conveyed between his volcanic outbursts. And um, this movie had a budget of $6 million and it grossed $1.4 million. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and give our scores for Mandy. Uh, For Commitment, I gave this a 5 out of 5. For Pathos, I gave this a 4.5 out of 5. Overall Quality, a 4 out of 5. Cage's Contribution, a 5 out of 5. The Cage Factor, I gave this a 5 out of 5. My overall score for Mandy was a 4.7 out of 5. I think this might be the highest score I've ever given a movie on this podcast. Okay, so I gave... I gave for commitment a four point five. Mm-hmm. For pathos, I gave it a four point seven five. For overall quality, I gave it a four. For Cage's contribution, I gave it a four point seven five. And for Cage Factor, I gave it a five. And my overall score is four point six. Okay, so that means the Cage Off score for Mandy is a four point six five. Awesome. Excellent film. Really Very great. Good. She, uh, she, um, Maculo is obviously bored by it because she's snoring. She doesn't like Mandy. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and that's how she feels about Teen Titans Go to the movies what? as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, All right, my so. gosh. Do you want to go ahead and introduce and give the IMD premise of Teen Titans Go to the movies? Well, I will do that after we take a very brief break. So next, we're going to talk about Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which is a 2018 American animated superhero musical comedy film based on the television series Teen Titans Go, which is adapted from the DC Comics superhero team of the same name. Uh, This was directed by Peter... Rita McHale and Aaron Horvath. Um, I guess they're producers on the TV show. Um, The IMDb premise is a villain's maniacal plan for world domination sidetracks five teenage superheroes who dream of Hollywood stardom. I don't have that much of a relationship with Teen Titans, especially not, you know, Teen Titans Go because that's a, you know, I watched the original series like when it was on when I was like young and I never saw Teen Titans go until like a few weeks ago when I watched the very first episode to prepare for watching the movie. Teen Titans um, go is an abomination. You yeah you have a very strong stance against it. Can, would you mind elaborating? I don't know. I grew up watching the original Teen Titans and I there were like moments of humor and things like that but I feel like um, Teen Titans Go kind of takes away the emotional and like emotional depth, depth and the violence that's in the original Teen Titans, and just kind of takes it down into like just dumb comedy. Yeah, I also re- watched the very first episode of the original series after the after watching the first episode of Teen Titans Go, and I just you know they're trying to do different things. Teen Titans Go is obviously meant to be more of like a comedic children's show. And Teen Titans feels more like in the vein of like 
both in like the animation style and the tone, even though it is more comedic, um, something close to like Batman the Animated Series. I was thinking closer um, to like Ben 10. I feel like uh, Teen Titans and Well, I mean, ben... I didn't really watch Ben 10. I'm just thinking about like DC cartoon yeah, shows. I was just thinking about cartoons that like have the same like feeling to them. Ben 10 is one that has like a similar feel. Yeah, so I thought... So going into this, I was like, oh, she's going to hate this movie. I thought it was a funny movie. Um, you were laughing. You were LM. You were L-Y-A-O-ing. Laughing your ass off. It was It was okay. It I was laughed. okay. No, I laughed. Oh, you we, were course, enjoying it. For the, for the purposes of this podcast, Nicolas Cage plays Superman. And he's Finally. in the show for like a couple seconds. Yes, but there's a reason why it's so important that he plays Superman. Yes, in the 90s, Tim Burton was going to make a, a new Superman movie called uh, Superman Lives, I think was what it was called. And Nick Cage was supposed to play Superman. There's footage you can see of him like in the costume, like doing like screen tests, and he has like really long hair. And he, he looks kind of weird. I don't know. I think he would have not been a good Superman, personally, like a live action Superman. Um, but the movie got like stuck in development hell and just never happened. There's like a whole documentary about it, which I haven't seen. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he plays Superman in this. Uh, obviously, it's just a voice role. Mm -hmm. um, this is actually 2018. So both these, both Mandy and Teen Titans came out in 2018. 2018 was a big year for Cage. He was in those two movies. And most relevant to this movie, he was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, um, which is kind of similar to this in that it's like an animated film based off a comic book that has a... Uh, uh, there's lots of I like Spider-Verse way more than this movie um, Spider-Verse we'll, we'll talk about it but Spider-Verse has much more it's much more like uh, has much more of an emotional core than this movie does um, and Nick Cage's role is is have you seen you haven't seen it have you mm -hmm. he plays a version of Spider-Man from like the 40s that is like a detective a noir detective that fights Nazis so and he has some really good lines in that movie. And he's he's in it more than Superman is in this movie. Um, but that movie also came out that, that same year as Teen Titans Go. And He Mandy. probably spent maybe um, an hour in the studio on this movie. Yeah. Honestly, there's not a lot to talk about with regards to Cage in this one. He's not a lot to talk about in this movie at all. No. I mean, really, I think we can just kind of give a broad thing of what the plot is and then just talk about what our favorite moments were. Um, so basically, the Teen Titans, or Robin specifically, wants like a movie. They want to be a movie stars. Yeah. Well, isn't it just Robin, though, who really wants He wants, wants a movie because he wants to feel like a real superstar. Yeah, there's a part where they go to a premiere of... A Batman movie. A Batman movie. And they they play all these trail. I, I actually really like all the kind of jokes making fun of like the current like superhero universe series mm -hmm. things and like how they constantly just do like origin movies for like random for like smaller characters mm -hmm. and all the little in jokes about that stuff were really funny so there's trailers for an alfred movie like a dark alfred movie yeah there's um, one for the you, bat the bat car the, the batmobile 
Um, and there's and one there, for the utility belt. <laughs> utility belt. Um, <laughs> and, and it was like Robin thought that he was going to be like one of the movies, and he wasn't. He's l- he's less important than a utility belt. And in, in, in this universe, the actual superheroes play themselves in the movies. There's a part where they're where the Teen Titans go to like the Warner Brothers like studio and there's like a sequel being shot to Batman v Superman um which is a movie I've seen which is bad um it's really dark and self-serious and they're like making fun of it in this scene where okay so I know you haven't seen this movie right yeah I haven't okay the climax Batman and Superman fight each other right like they're trying to kill each other and then right when Batman is about to kill Superman with like a kryptonite like spear or something, he uh he set his his mom Superman's mom Martha is in danger. And then S- Superman is like, You have to save Martha. And Martha is also Batman's dead dead mom's name. So that's what makes them become friends in that movie. They ha- their moms have the same name. That's what makes them not want to fight anymore. And in this movie, they uh, make fun of that scene. Oh, let me see. I, I, I had the quotes on. Makula is not snoring during this segment. She's riveted by all this. She's in a tight bowl. She's very cold. She's a cold puppy. Oh, cold puppy. Mm. Quotes. Where is the quotes page? Here it I is. I can't imagine being as tired as a dog all the time. Dogs are always so tired. Her life is so hard. So, they're shooting a sequel to Batman Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. And here's the quote. So, Batman and Superman are fighting in their film. Batman says, what's your mother's name? And Superman's like, Martha. And Batman's like, crying, mine too. And then they hug. <laughs> Batman says, wait, what was your father's name? Uh, Jonathan? He says, mine was Thomas, and then they keep fighting. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. But as far as Nick Cage stuff goes, he does get to say, the thing he keeps saying to the Teen Titans is that they're goofsters. Mm -hmm. He's like, you guys are goofsters. (laughs) Um, He also gets to say the words explosive diarrhea like towards the end. Um, And there's a part where, I don't know, someone says something about Superman, and like... Somebody's like saying something naked. And Superman. and the the producer lady who turns out to be the villain who is who is slayed in disguise is like, "Hey, Superman's a national treasure." No, that's not what, no, that's not no, that's, the producer doesn't say that. Who says it? There, it's at the very very end the the producer's like attacking saying something like attacking them or attacking Superman and calling him dumb or washed up or whatever. And uh it's Beast Boy who goes, "Hey, wait. Superman's a national treasure." <laughs> And because uh, it's Nick Cage and he was a national treasure. Yeah, but people say he's washed up, but he's really a national treasure. <laughs> I mean, basically, the idea is they're trying to get their movie. There's like a villain who is like orchestrating, like basically trying to trick superheroes into being distracted from all of his bad doings by putting them in movies. Yeah, the their fir- the first scene where they encounter Slade, who is the villain in this movie, is very funny because he's like. He's trying to distract them with like close up magic. And he's like he does the thing with the pencil where like he makes it look floppy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, What? <laughs> um 
and they're like, and he's like, look over there. There's something going on over there. And they're and they, <laughs> Robin's like, don't, no one look. It's a trick. And then they're like compelled to like turn around. <laughs> and Another one is like, you got something on your shirt. I, I think I, I, this movie was making me just fucking crack up. Um, if you're if you want to watch a movie that's gonna like bring back childhood dumb fart jokes and those kinds of like weird movie references, uh, you know, watch it. I like the the animation style is also really fun. Funny they do like there's a part where they do like there's so there's like songs in it. Like on occasion, there's like a Lion King parody song that's kind of animated, kind of like a Disney movie. Yeah, it's Batman um, holding up Robin. <laughs> Robin on like the th- and all the other superheroes and are like, down watch. You fucking woke us up for this. I didn't say yeah. fucking, but they're like, you woke us up for this. What they did though, well, this is a hard R-rated movie. Um, um, there's so okay, so in order to get their own movie, they I think they they decide they want to like undo. Like all the superheroes' origins, so like they're the only superheroes. Yeah. And then they like go back. It's like this is pretty dark stuff. They like they like uh they, they play music to like keep uh, to keep Krypton together. Yeah, so they don't send Superman to Earth. They um, keep Batman's family from dying. Yeah. Um. They, they. They basically do everything that would make them not become the superheroes they are. And then when they come yeah. back to their time, everything is fucked up and villains are... I thought this was going to be like the main thing of the movie, but then they just go back and undo it. And them undoing it is what's really dark because they like make Batman's parents get murdered and they <laughs> they blow up Krypton. <laughs> and it's just like kind of laughed off and it was really funny. Um, so... Um... Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> I forget what happens in this movie. I mean, basically, um, they, they have to battle Slade um, because they find out he's the producer. Yeah, so there's this producer And there's this like, big uh, satellite thing that's going to stream the Robin movie everywhere on everybody's phones, but it's going to take over their minds. Yeah, and then it takes over Robin's mind, too, but then through the power of like friendship... Yeah. With the other Teen Titans, he snaps out of it and they defeat Slade. Yep. That's basically it. I mean... That's the movie. I'm trying to... I uh, mean, there's really not much to talk about. You just need... If you want to watch something funny and goofy and makes a lot of fart and poop jokes... There's also these characters. I don't know. I'm sure they're actually, like, comic characters. Challengers of the Unknown. Oh, yeah. And they get, like, they, they sucked get stuck into in this, a like, void. Yeah. They, <laughs> they're just, like, these weirdos. Um, they kept making me laugh. Um... Raven like Raven like makes like sucks them into her like little her dark space and they're just like floating and they pull the superheroes into the dark space at one point. Yeah, because they're all brainwashing or trying to kill the Teen Titans at the yeah. end. And so when that happens, like whenever they all get sucked out, the the challengers cha- of the unknown, the challengers of the unknown are like, yeah, finally we're free, and she like keeps them in there. <laughs> she closes it back on them. All right, I'm gonna look up to see if they're actually a thing. Do you know who played Jade, the um, the producer? It's Kristen Bell, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I, I recognize the voice. There, there's lots of there's Will Arnett. Yeah, in Will this. Arnett Slade. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I I know he has a pretty distinctive voice. Um, yeah, Challengers of the Unknown is an actual comic. And they were invited to the movie premiere, not them. Oh, there's also this like. 
when they go to the movie premiere, there's this like bouncer who won't let them in because they're not on the list. And then later when they go to the like studios, they try to get in and it's that same guy. <laughs> I like that. Or it's not meant to be the same guy. So like they're all these guys are just the same person. I think it's um, so funny too. Cause it's like, uh, well, how are we going to get in? And she's like, portal like robin like raven's like i i can make portals yeah like we're superheroes we have superpowers i don't know oh and stan lee's in this oh yeah twice yeah and and they're like hey this is this isn't a marvel movie get out of here stan lee he's like i don't give a shit he (laughs) breaks he breaks the the third wall and he's like Hi, I'm Stan Lee, and I'm doing my subtle cameo. And he like starts posing or whatever, and they're like, "This is a DC movie." And then he like runs away, comes back later in the film, is like, "Ah." Um, so yeah, Stan Lee's in this. Um, it was Robin that said, "Titans, why did you do that to Superman? He is a national treasure." Oh, it was Robin who said that. Interesting. Okay, well, I feel like we've kind of covered everything that's important in this movie. Well, yeah, this. Uh, <laughs> look, w- here's the thing. We have to cover every movie Nick Cage is in, even if he's in it for like five minutes total. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and cover the uh, percentages. So okay. um, yeah, it go ahead. got a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Got a 68 meta score. Got a 91% tomato meter and a 72% audience score. And this movie, Audience score. Audience score. Audience score. The critical consensus is Teen Titans Go to the movies distills an enduring appeal of its colorful characters characters into, into charmingly lighthearted adventure whose wacky humor fuels its infectious fun and bellies a surprising level of intelligence. It's a fun movie. We've done a bad job covering it because we watched it like three weeks ago and there isn't, you know, not a lot of Nick Cage in it. But it's a fun movie. Um, had a budget of ten, $10 million dollars. Uh, grossed fifty two point one million, so was a decent box office hit as well. Um, and they've made sequels to it apparently that weren't like in theaters. There's a um this year in February there was a Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans movie. Apparently we didn't watch. There's a post credit scene in this movie apparently where like the original Teen Titans like show up. We didn't watch that, but that's in in this movie. Um, but they did an actual crossover with the original series this year, apparently. It was like a TV movie. It's it, probably ruined by the Teen Titans Go cast, whatever. You have this weird vendetta against Teen Titans Go that I don't, it seems like a fun enough kid show. Anyway. I think you need to move on. Um, the commitment, I got a 3.5. Okay. Because, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Keep I mean, going. He was committed to being Superman. Yes. Uh, for pathos, I gave it a two. Mm-hmm. For overall quality, I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. For Cage's contribution, I gave it a one. I mean, yeah, I don't. And Cage Factor, I gave it a zero. <laughs> Damn, that's harsh. So, what's your final score? Uh, uh, oh wait, no, my pathos was a two point five. So this is my final score was a two point two. Yeah, so here's what I got. My commitment, 2.5 out of 5. Pathos, 2.5 out of 5. Like my re- Because, like, it's just average. Yeah. Like, what he's doing is just average. It's not, like, horrible. It's not, like, great. 
he's not in the movie enough for it to like to justify a higher score for me but overall quality i also give a four four out of five cage's contribution 1.5 out of five cage factor uh 1.5 out of five um my overall score is a 2.4 out of five so that means our overall score is a 2.3 2.3 is the official cage off score for teen titans go to the movies and like and that's mostly because it's just not it's not a cage movie no it's a good movie that I think is worth watching, but like, don't go in expecting. I I don't, I don't think he's the really that good a voice actor. No, his I, also I, his I'll, face, his voice doesn't match the face that they gave. Of the yeah, the face of the Superman in this movie, it's mm-hmm. like it just feels looks feels weird coming out of that character. Yeah, I I think he's he's a lot better in Spider Verse, where he's playing Spider Man Noir, um, because he's playing like. I'm a, glad he was finally Superman though. Yeah, that's that's uh, I mean that's a fun little Easter egg for people who know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting when we talk about Spider Verse and like how his performance compares to his performance in this movie because I think it's a lot better. And like, um, let me I'm gonna pull up a picture of him in that movie and show you kind of just what he looks like. Um, um, before we discuss who won, which we already know who won, but before we discuss who won. We're going to play our game, The Rage Against Cage. Okay, hold on. Let me show you Spider-Man Noir. So this is the character Nick Cage plays in Spider-Verse. Oh. He has some very funny lines. Um, He's very good in that movie. So, The Rage Against Cage, in which I will try to guess. These are negative reviews of both these movies. I'm going to try to guess which movie the review is talking about. The Rage Against Cage. Remember that The Rage Against Cage Cage is only negative reviews against movies that Nicolas Cage is in. Yes. Okay, so the first one is, I didn't much care for the film, but I can see how it might appeal to some people and fans of genre cinema. Mandy. Yes. Okay. While this will be to some people's taste, I found the film dull and at points irritating. Teen Titans go to the movies. Yes. This is a self-reflexive exercise. Teen Titans Go? Yeah. I don't get it. That's it? I don't get it? Um, no, it's yeah. I don't get it. Is that the whole review? Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> what, who, what, like, who, who, who wrote that? <laughs> oh, man, why do you always ask me this? I have to go back. I don't know. I don't say uh, Is that for Mandy? Yeah. Okay. Despite some ir- st- despite some inspired moments, doesn't quite hit the target. Teen Titans go to the movies? Yes. Yes. A real taste for aesthetics, but not so much for a story. Mandy. Yep. The I concept disagree. is incredible and hilarious at the end, but it's a big mess. Well, I mean, that's... Well, I guess that could be for Mandy. Um the word hilarious is throwing me off. Teen Titans? Mandy. Oh, shit. Okay. For the most part, I found this movie just manic and annoying. Mandy. Teen Titans go to the movies. Shit. Intermittently amusing, but not in a good way. This feels like a trick. M- Mandy? Yeah. Yes. Puerile. Mandy. Teen Titans go. 
So I got seven. Yeah, you missed three. I don't know how you missed three on this one, but... Um, Some of those were tricky. Okay, so our number one. What? Our number one of this matchup, right. our favorite of this these two movies, so, is... Drumroll. I mean, should we discuss why we think Mandy should win? I mean, do we? It doesn't seem no. to need to be said. Nicholas Cage is He's at the least star in half of this he movie. He is the star of Mandy. <laughs> um, um, I I think that uh, this is the best movie that Nicholas Cage has produced, like has come out of Nicholas Cage in in a long time. In in a good at least the last decade. Yeah. Um, and I think that his performance is pretty stunning, and that it's visually beautiful, and um, he really comes out of his cage um, here and just kind of gives his his ultimate cagey performance. Probably one of the best performances I've seen from him, even though I didn't like how much the movie hit hurt my head with the music <laughs> and, the, and the flashing lights. That's fair. Um, but um, it was a good movie. I think this is the highest. This is the movie I've rated the highest out of everything we've seen. So. This is so. I think for for me, this is kind of the one to beat at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, if I rewatch some of the ones once we once we get to that point, that might change, obviously. Yeah. But for now, this is kind of the one to beat for me. Um, I think I love Mandy so much. I think it's awesome, um, and that is why it is moving on. Mm -hmm. um, so what's left in this conference? I just want to go ahead and give a quick recap of what we've done so far in this conference. We yes. are in the been, Zeus's Butthole it's Conference. It's time. We need to recap because it's been a minute. Yeah. So this is the Zeus's Butthole Conference. Um, so far, we have watched a score to settle versus Con Air. Con Air was the winner. Con Air won. Mm -hmm. Birdie versus Racing with the Moon, which Birdie won. Mm -hmm. Peggy Sue got married versus The Rock. The Rock won. Uh Raising Arizona versus Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Raising Arizona won. Yes. Mandy versus Teen Titans Go the Movies, which was this episode where Mandy won. And what we have left is Trespass versus G-Force, which I believe we should have guests on that episode. Yes, we're we're working out having our very first guests for that episode, which will... Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. And then the second movie matchup, or I guess maybe not second, we might not do that. We might do this one next, but Firebirds versus Sunny, um, which Sunny, Nicolas Cage, was actually the director. Interesting. Looking forward to seeing that. I believe that. That, that's the one that. It is. It is, okay. I think it is. And then the, wild, the Cotton Club versus Wild at Heart, which both of those movies are some of his older movies at yeah. the very beginning. Wild of at Heart is a David Lynch film, and. The Cotton Club will be finishing off his movies with uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for that. Okay, so that's basically it for this episode. Thank you to Mastodon for our theme song. And thank you, Colors Odyssey, on, and that's Color Saudi on Twitter, for our art. It's beautiful. And again, you can follow us on Twitter at CageOffPodcast and email us at CageOffPodcast at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter at generally done and i'm on twitter at the good logan all right i hope that you guys have a wonderful day happy halloween Ooh. rip john connery bye